And what happens for a lot of guys, they want to be the leader in the relationship, but if they compromise sexually, they lose the moral authority to lead spiritually. And the truth is, the connection is deeper. This is going to shock you, but the connection at the level of the soul is deeper than the connection at the level of the body. Because you don't just have a soul, you are a soul. And even when your body dies, your soul will continue. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so when you connect at the level of the soul, you're connecting with the eternal part of you that will even endure after the body. It's the deepest level of connection. And this is why couples will sleep together that will not pray together because praying together is too intimate. Okay, so connecting at the level of the soul, once you open the heart, the emotions, and then the soul, love God and neighbor with heart, soul, mind, and strength, once the emotional life is healthy and safe, once you're connected at the level of the soul and the Holy Spirit is in the middle of the relationship, that starts to open up the sexual relationship. But in our culture, we just start with the sexual relationship. We're looking for sexual compatibility, and that's not the issue. The issue is really soul compatibility. Well, howdy, Pastor Mark Driscoll here with the uh, Real Marriage Podcast special little series here called One Flesh. Early in Genesis, before everything fell apart, God said he wanted the husband and the wife to be one flesh. How do you do that? Well, Jesus says one heart emotionally, one soul spiritually, one mind mentally, and one body physically. In this episode, we're going to talk how to become one soul with your spouse, connecting at the spiritual level. Did you know that the deepest intimacy is not physical, but it's spiritual? You'll find out more in this episode that was live recorded uh, with my wife and best friend, Grace, in front of a live studio audience at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. So if you hear people laughing in the background, it's not our kids, it's our church family. All right, second issue. So we're back to our, uh, so second issue, second episode, one soul spiritually. So Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why is it so important before the sexual? So it's emotional, spiritual, mental, then physical. The sexual is the last. It's the result of the investment in the emotional, spiritual, and mental. Why is it so important that a couple be one spiritually, not at the level of the body, first and foremost at the level of the soul. Well, for us, this was on all the tests that we took, the spiritual was the one area where we actually agreed you on everything. you taken those marriage tests and, right? You, you're taking those, you're like, women are from Scottsdale, men are from Mexico, those tests, you know, like, you know. We took the test, we have nothing in common. Nothing, no, literally nothing. Literally nothing. Okay, so. I eat the small chips, he eats the big chips. Because they're better, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're just different on everything. Because I'm serving you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, she has a spiritual gift of serving. I have the spiritual gift of being served. So the Lord really synced that up for both of us. Um, so within that, um, I just lost my train of thought. You're so cute telling jokes. I can't remember what we're talking about. The spiritual level. Oh, yeah, the spiritual. Okay, so... Um, What's important here is, uh, I've got some notes to, to make it sound like it's official, but the uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, it's what clinicians use to diagnose problems and solutions. It mentions the soul zero times. What that means is secular psychology, counseling, and therapy, it ignores that you have a soul. And the question is, how can you really help somebody unless you not only address their emotional life, their physical life, um, maybe their, um, their mental life, but also their, their spiritual life? I mean, most healing happens 
at the level of the soul. Okay. Yeah, we can be really tough and try and grind through life, but if we're not dealing with the soul issues and letting God into our souls to heal us and help us see our sins so that we can repent and serve each other and love each other, I mean, it's there's no hope in that. So um, for a married couple, how do you cultivate a relationship at the level of the soul? What are some practical things, husbands and wives, regular habits that'll contribute to being one soul? So... A lot of people have said, well, it's easy for you because your husband is always reading the Bible Does and anyone preaching. think that it's easy being <laughs> married to me? Uh, I mean, we, like, right? like, I know it's not. If I was married to me, one of us would have to die. That's just, there's, that's just, two is far too many. One is more than enough. But investing in our own personal relationship with the Lord first as men and as women, um, we're accountable for that before the Lord, whether or not our spouse does. And so for us, we had to do that. And I think for me, I was dependent on you because you were so strong spiritually that I wasn't always investing in my own relationship with the Lord because I was depending on what he would teach me and show me and, and, and point out. And so it's so important that we have that relationship with the Lord and he will reveal to us ways that we can love our spouse, ways that we can work on ourselves and ways that we can love and serve our spouse. And so that's, I do, I mean, there's all kinds of ways, but some couples like to do Bible studies together. Some, we tend to read separately, study separately. How many of you can't do a regular organized Bible study with your spouse? Can we just be honest, right? How many of you can't do it? Don't lie. We're in church. Okay. How many of you have tried to do like this architected, organized couples, regular devotional? You're like, yeah, it didn't work. Amen. Okay. Be honest. The rest of you are lying. You didn't raise your hand. You're lying. Okay. We have tried and we study totally differently. He studies with music and I study with Very silence. Very loud, like party, Jason Aldean, bro country, so loud that the neighbor's dog is running away from home. And I've got Greek you know, word studies open while listening to inappropriate country music. Okay, so, so if some of you have wondered, like, it seems like the spirit and the flesh are in the sermon. They may be. Um, so uh, for you, what's your devotional study Bible routine life like? It changes, but I love using the Bible app. And then I love studying, looking through the so ESV study Bible. Yes, I use the version Bible app. And if you're in the car a lot, it's great because it reads to you. It has audio Bible and it has some audio Bible plans, topically arranged. Or if you like listening to certain people, they have the Pray Like Jesus one on there like we just nice did. Nice shout out. Um, and so you can use that to be, while you're driving, you can be listening to or it. Or doing laundry. Or doing laundry. I, I love doing feel that. like Priscilla Shire and <laughs> Jimmy Evans moved into my house. They're always in our laundry. Grace loves Priscilla Shire and Jimmy Evans. Yes, I do. So I hear them all the time. Yes. I won't do an organized plan because I don't like anyone to tell me what to do. <laughs> Except the Lord. Except the Lord. And even then we negotiate. So, uh, so for me, I don't like regimented plans. I don't like fill in the blanks. I don't like anybody telling me how to do it. Now, I do study, you know, the Bible. At least I did once, and it was great. And then... Uh, you have a huge library. You I have a huge library. I study all the time. But for me, I'm more... I'm more of a haphazard, got my own way of doing it, and you've got your way of doing it. So what we don't do is study the same way, but we share what we're learning. That's the key. 
We like to take walks and share what we're learning and have deeper conversations than can you pick up the kids at baseball. Yep. And so for us, holding hands, going for a walk, it's literally, that's one of my favorite times is holding hands, going for a walk, is, okay, what are you learning? What's the Lord showing you? And those are designated times just to share at the soul level. How can I pray for you? What is God showing you? What are you learning? What do you think God's doing in this season? What do you think God is saying to you? We have a lot of those deep conversations. And it's really coming under the, the Lordship of Christ and sharing together what it is that we're learning. I would submit this to you as well. How many of you, how many of you are single? Okay, let me give you single guys a secret, okay? You have to nail the spiritual, and if you put the sexual before the spiritual, you will lose all of the moral authority to lead in the relationship. That's right. And this is where most marriages and relationships, they accelerate the sexual, and as a result, you can't, in a dating relationship, have an accelerated sexual relationship and a healthy spiritual relationship. You can't say, well, let's pray together while we're sleeping together. You can't say, let's do what God says, except for certain things that God says. <laughs> and what happens for a lot of guys, they want to be the leader in the relationship, but if they compromise sexually, they lose the moral authority to lead spiritually. And the truth is, the connection is deeper. This is going to shock you, but the connection at the level of the soul is deeper than the connection at the level of the body. Because you don't just have a soul, you are a soul. And even when your body dies, your soul will continue. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so when you connect at the level of the soul, you're connecting with the eternal part of you that will even endure after the body. It's the deepest level of connection. And this is why couples will sleep together that will not pray together because praying together is too intimate. Okay, so connecting at the level of the soul, once you open the heart, the emotions, and then the soul, love God and neighbor with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Once the emotional life is healthy and safe, once you're connected at the level of the soul and the Holy Spirit is in the middle of the relationship, that starts to open up the sexual relationship. But in our culture, we just start with the sexual relationship. We're looking for sexual compatibility, and that's not the issue. The issue is really soul compatibility. Um, what are some of the things that you would recommend in addition practically for a married couple to do to connect and cultivate at the level of the soul? How important do you think church, church involvement and serving yeah. is? I think serving is a really good way to deepen your um, spiritual relationship. Working side by side, serving the Lord, serving other people. You just, you connect in ways that you don't when you're doing other things. So my encouragement would be on this point in particular for the men. A lot of you guys will wonder, how do I be the head of home? Not by quoting verses on being the head of home. Okay. <laughs> Those verses are like soap. The more you use them, the less you have. So be careful with it, okay? Um, at the end of the day, you lead by spiritually setting the temperature and tone in the house. You're praying over your wife. You're praying with your wife. You're praying for your kids. You're praying with your kids. You're reading the Bible. You have a copy of the Bible on the dining room table and you're just having open conversations. This is what we do all the time. Every Sunday we get together as a whole family. Usually it's what was your takeaway? What did God say to you from the scriptures this weekend? And we're just inviting these open-ended spiritual conversations and prayers for one another. Spiritually, um, I think my, this is going to sound weird, so I'll just say it publicly. Um, for me, I think the most intimate, sacred moment for me every week is in our church, in the presence of God, with our children, holding your hand and singing in worship together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's very emotional. It's very, it reaches into the soul for sure. Yeah, we're in the presence of God, holding hands together, worshiping God together, inviting God to send the Holy Spirit to, to bless our relationship. And, uh, and, and I would just say, how important is it or how deep is the longing in the wife that the husband would be the spiritual initiator, that he would make that a priority to cultivate his soul, her soul, and the kid's soul? Well, the Bible says to wash her with the word, and that's a loving term, and it's a cleansing that's not like dumping the word on her or scalding her with the word or throwing cold water of the word in her face. It's a very tender, sweet, it means you care. It means you want to see her pure, and you're a part of that happening, um, and, and it, it purifies her. Um, and so it's, it's a beautiful thing, and I think if men take that responsibility on and are willing to, to step out and, and make a first step, even if you haven't done that at all. God is so good to honor that. He will show you how, and the men in whatever church you're in will help you do that as well, because if, if you guys are called to do that, God wants to help you, and other men that love God want to help you know how to do that. But just starting by reading the scriptures together and, and dialoguing it um, is a great way to to do that. I'll close this section with uh, a statistic that was shared. According to data, it was collected some years ago by Promise Keepers in the Baptist Press. If a wife regularly attends church, but the hus husband does not, so wife loves the Lord, goes to church, which 60% of church attenders are female, not male. There's 11 to 13 million more women than men in church. So if the woman loves the Lord, goes to church, takes the kids, but the dad does not go, when the children become adults, they have a 2% chance of regularly attending church. If you flip it, if mom does not go to church regularly, but dad does, then they have the children, when they grow up and become adults, they will have between a 67 and 75% chance of regularly attending church. How many women, they love the Lord and they love their kids and they love their husband and they're trying to create spiritual momentum in their family, but the husband is really the counterbalance. Um, and the kids, what's really interesting, we live in this day where everybody's like, Men are not the head of the household. That's chauvinistic, patriarchal, blah, 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 blah. It's true. Okay, it's true. And what it means is when the Bible says that the man is the head, the question is not, is he the head? The question is, is he a good head or a bad head? Is he leading his family toward Christ or not? But he is leading. And so if dad's leading toward Christ, the kids follow. And if dad isn't leading toward Christ, the kids follow. And so I would just submit to you men, even being here, I want to honor the men. For the men who show up for real men, for you men who do pray for your wives, with your wives, for your kids, with your kids, you do read God's word, you do pray. We all know that we're not perfect men. But if you're God's men, literally just you following God means that two-thirds to three-fourths of your children, and then you start to think about generational impact and legacy. And if you don't, if you stay home in the car to watch football while mom goes to worship God, you're taking your odds from as high as 75% to 2% that your adult kids will be faithfully walking with God. Okay? So this is why we focus so much on the men. And like you said, if the men aren't willing to step up to lead, Satan will. Well, that's what happens in Genesis 3. Adam doesn't lead, so Satan does. I don't know about you, I'd rather lead. Uh, and leading means loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Amen. Okay. Uh, 
Well, we're not going to talk about that. That's very <laughs> convicting. Well, Pastor Mark Driscoll here saying, hey, thanks for joining us for the Real Marriage Podcast. If you're not already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed it, leave a five-star review. If you didn't enjoy it, feel free not to review. We love you, we pray for you, but we don't want to be criticized by it. And we'd love to hear, however, if this podcast is an encouragement or a help, how it helps you. Here is uh, one example of a great testimony uh, this person says, uh, no matter where you are in your marriage, you will, all caps, be blessed by these episodes, the truth being shared, and the see-throughness, cute word, of this wonderful couple being completely honest gives you courage to be honest with God on where your marriage stands. Every, every episode, we are told, has a blessing to my life. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Grace. Hey, you're welcome. We love you, and uh, we're here to help. If you would like to find out more, uh, just go to exomarriage.com slash realmarriage. Or hey, if you want a free mountain of Bible teaching, head on over to realfaith.com and learn more from my wife, Grace, and myself. We love you. Pastor Mark out.